Youth as well. Youth, look at the youth so happy they get to leave now. Enjoy your class again. Take your Bible and stand with me. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10, please. Mark chapter 10. Praise God. We thank God for the youth that went to youth convention. They made it back safely. Where's Brother Baldemar? I heard Brother Baldemar was tired. His eyes were bloodshot. Is that true, Brother Baldemar? Brother Baldemar realized he's no longer a young person. Huh? He's knocking on the senior ministry's door. Praise God. I'm almost 40. I'm not too far behind. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 16. When you have it, shout, I got it. Help me read. Ready? Read. Let's get all together on one page, verse 13 again. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. Verse 14, please. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. The kingdom of God. Verse 15, please. Truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Verse 16. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Bow your head in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. You have already prepared the hearts and minds of these, your people. Lord, I pray now that you would take my words and anoint them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Illuminate the text that your people would be edified, Lord, and your name would be glorified. I step aside, Lord, now. Hide me behind your cross that they would only see you and hear you. And we will be careful to give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Be seated. The more that we read the Bible, the more that we read the Gospels, the more familiar we become with the personality of Jesus. Would you say amen to that, everybody? What an amazing thought that is because we're given a glimpse into the heart and the nature of God in the flesh. Think about what I just said. The more we read the Bible, the more we read the Gospels, we're given a glimpse into the heart, the nature, and the character of God in the flesh. We can know God in the flesh. Now, just because this is, this is, what, this is what amazes me, just because we can know him, his nature, and his heart, it doesn't mean that we will know him. Consider how misrepresented Jesus is. Many people serve a God of their own imagination even though the lord in his mercy and in sovereignty has given us his word everything that we need jesus himself said in the gospel of john if you've seen the father then you have seen me this is who i am this is who god is this is what god is like isn't it amazing then knowing that we have everything at our disposal to get to know the heart of god the nature of god the character of god and yet he is so misrepresented i promise you if you ask people outside of the church what is jesus who is jesus to you oh 
ultimately they're going to tell you something that is contrary to what we read in the Bible. That's amazing to me. Now this is one of those occasions in the Gospel of Mark. It's also recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. This is one of those occasions that we see on display the character and the nature of Jesus who is God. Let's be clear. Jesus is God. Come on, help me. Jesus is God. Let's be clear. Let's not mix our message. No, let's be clear. There is only one way to the Father. Consider what I'm about to tell you. Seven out of ten evangelicals believe that there is more than one way to God. That's right. Seven out of ten believe that there is more than one way to God. That is astonishing. Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father unless it is through me so let's be clear jesus is god he's the way he's the truth he's the life say amen if you agree with the word of god now consider in our text tonight we are given a glimpse into the nature and the character of god himself and you might be reading with me and thinking to myself what does this have to do with revival wednesday it has a lot to do with revival wednesday because we not only see the nature and the character of god but we see the nature and the character of the disciples here it comes. I want you to consider the following. Look at your Bible now. Look at verse 13. It says, and they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. Watch what it says. They were bringing children to Jesus so that Jesus would touch them. And this is what the disciples did. Ready? And the disciples, what did they do? They rebuked them. Consider what you just read. Follow the, follow the story here. They're bringing children to Jesus, right? So that Jesus can lay his hands and bless the children. And the disciples seeing the children come to Jesus, guess what they did? They rebuked the children. I believe in order. Let's be clear. I believe in order. I grew up in a church where we had two deacons sitting in the back of the church and they were the police of the church. They didn't let us go to the store that was right there in the neighborhood because every, every Pentecostal church I've ever been to has a liquor store across the street. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. You want to know if your church is really Pentecostal? Look across the street. If there's a liquor store, then it's probably spirit-filled. We keep that store across the street in business, by the way. I just want you to know he's very grateful for Abundant Life Church. But we had two deacons. Somebody shout, two deacons. We had two deacons who were the police at the back of the church at my grandfather's church, Templo La Hermosa. And watch it now. So what we do is we had our goal as children was to sneak past the deacons. And it was possible because they acted like they were in deep meditation and prayer, but they were really asleep. I kid you not, the deacons were dormidos. They were absolutely asleep in the back. I'm not going to say their names, but I remember who they were. They're bringing in our text, they're bringing children to Jesus, and the disciples, watch it now, they rebuke them. So firstly, let's consider now the disposition of the disciples. Are you following me so far? Let's consider the disposition of the disciples. I want you to get this. The Bible says that they rebuked the kids to keep them from annoying Jesus. Watch it now. They rebuked the kids because they didn't want him to bother Jesus. And as I was preparing to minister the word of God, the Lord said there are going to be people in this service tonight that feel like they can't come to God because they don't want to bother him, that he's too busy, that he doesn't care. They feel like they're pestering the master. You have to be careful. Not only do you have to be careful, you have to watch out that somebody even 
sometimes in church not convince you that God is too busy to hear your prayer. Trust me, you're never a bother. He's always waiting. He wants to hear from you. Don't let, don't let anybody keep you from the master. Somebody shout hallelujah. They didn't want the kids to bother Jesus. I know some people in churches like that, they don't want you to bother Jesus. Can I tell you, just like I learned as a child, you can call him up anytime and he's there. Alabado sea nombre de Cristo. I can call him at any time, in cualquier momento. Él está ahí para escucharme, para sanarme, para tocarme, para liberarme. Él es fiel a su palabra y fiel a su promesa y fiel a su pueblo. I'm sorry, I had tapatio before I came to church. <laughs> Consider the disposition of the disciples. They rebuked the kids because they didn't want them to come to Jesus. This was common though. If you're familiar with the gospel, watch what Matthew 15 says. Matthew 15, 22 and 23, it talks about the woman from Canaan. And behold, the woman from Canaan came out of the same coast, and she cried out to Jesus, Have mercy on me, Lord, because my daughter is vexed with the demon spirit. My daughter is oppressed by a demon spirit, verse 23. So she comes to Jesus and says, Have mercy on me because my daughter has a devil. Watch verse 23. But he did not answer her a word at first. So his disciples, somebody shout disciples. So his disciples came and they begged Jesus saying what? I wish you'd wake up tonight. What did they say? Send her away because she's crying out. 2019 translation. Tell her to go. She's bothering us. Put yourself in the scenario. A woman whose daughter is oppressed and possessed by a demon spirit, comes to Jesus, and the disciples say, send her away. She's bothering us. God forbid that this church ever become a place where people are sent away because we think they're bothering us. Let's be clear. Black, white, brown, and everything in between. Poor, rich, and everybody in between are welcome in this assembly. Because Jesus is in this house. And wherever Jesus is, hope is. And wherever Jesus is, freedom is. I wish you'd wake up. And wherever Jesus is, deliverance is. So let them come. I wish you'd help me preach. Let them come. Let the tired come. Let the weary come. Let the addicted come. Let the broken come. I wish you'd help me preach it now. Let those that are weary come. Let those who are lost come. Let those who are thirsty come. Because we have the answer. And it's not religion. It's not the assembly of God. Hallelujah. It's not Pastor Ronan. It's not even Abundant Life. We have the answer. And his name is Jesus of Nazareth. We have the answer. And his name is Jesus of Nazareth. But that's not the only time. The Bible talks about a man by the name of blind Bartimaeus. And he heard that Jesus was passing by. And he heard a commotion in Luke chapter 18. And the blind man heard a commotion along the wayside. And he asked somebody, what's going on? And they said, oh, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Watch it. So he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Love that. Don't ever be ashamed to cry out to Jesus. Don't ever let anybody keep you from crying out to Jesus. My mom taught me from a young age, if you don't know what to pray, you call upon the name of Jesus. 
Oh, you didn't get taught that when we were little from when we were as as soon as as soon as we could understand that my mom would say you call upon the name of Jesus. If you ever have a nightmare and you can't get anything out of your mouth, you call upon the name of Jesus because at the name of Jesus, every demonic spirit has to flee. You didn't grow up that way. I see. She taught us, you call upon the name of Jesus. Martimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Next verse, watch it now. You got to see the disposition of the disciples. And those who were in front rebuked him. Those that were in front leading the way, they were his disciples. They rebuked blind Martimaeus and they told him to what? They told him, hey, I wish you'd help me preach this. What did they say? Hey, be quiet. But this is what I love about the blind man here. And if we could be anybody in the story, I pray we'd be like him. The more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. The more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. They said, hey, be quiet. They rebuked him, telling him, be quiet. But the more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. Man, I wish I was there that day. Hey, quiet. Jesus! We said, be quiet. I said, Jesus! Hey, quiet! Can you see him? You want me to get louder? He cried out, Jesus, son of David, all the more, all the more. Somebody shout, all the more. Come on, everybody in life, shout, all the more. All the more, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says, watch it now. The Bible says, it's not up there. The Bible says that Jesus turned to him and said, what do you want? what your Bible says. He says, what do you want from me? And he says, I want to receive my sight. Jesus turns to the blind man and says, your faith has made you whole. Watch it. Then he says, watch it. The blind man instantly, right away, received his sight, began to glorify God. Watch it now. And then follow Jesus. You're not getting this. The one that they kept telling to shut up. Not on, he ended up walking alongside. You, you ain't getting that. You ain't getting that. The one they told to shut up ended up walking by their side. Hey, remember you were telling me to shut up last week? <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Can you imagine Sister Marlene walking? The Bible says he followed Jesus from then on agitating and irritating the disciples that love to rebuke him and tell him to be quiet. He was the sister Cindy of the bunch. But there's an important lesson that it teaches us tonight, Abundant Life, and please hear me. The disciples were often deterrents. And that, Lord help us, is emphasis added by your pastor because when I was on my face, he said... You better ask. Ask me to help you and ask me to help the people. Because God forbid that we be a deterrent to somebody coming to Jesus. God forbid that we begin to keep people away from Jesus. Because of our religiosity. Because they annoy us. Because they don't look like us. Because they don't talk like us. Because they don't sing like us. Because they don't give like us. God forbid that we become what the disciples were ready. They were deterrents. They were keeping the kids away from Jesus. They said, don't come near. Don't bother Jesus. I wonder how many times we're guilty of the same in heart. 
can't come to church like that. This church isn't for folk like you. Lest we forget that this is a hospital for the sick. Not a social club for people that think they're well. Oh, es muy fácil olvidar de eso, mi hermano. Escucha bien lo que te voy a decir. This is a house of refuge. Esto es the casa. Esto es casa del Señor. This is a house of prayer for all nations, but not just that. Jesus said, "I didn't come. I didn't come for those that are found. I came for the lost sheep of Israel. I didn't come for those that are well. I came for those that are sick. And I'm not ashamed to raise my hand and say I was one of those that was sick. And gee, I wish I had a witness in here. I was one that was." sick and Jesus came and healed me. He delivered me and saved my soul. Are there any redeemed people in the house? Shout hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say neighbor, don't be a deterrent. Uh, Who are you keeping from coming to Christ? I'll say it again. Who are you keeping from coming to Christ? Are you deterring somebody from coming to Jesus? The disciples rebuked that woman even though her daughter was demon-possessed. As I was getting ready, the Spirit of the Lord so heavily laid on my heart. He said, son, remember that not everyone who walks near me knows me. I'll say that again. Not everyone who walks near him knows him. What do you mean? The disciples walked near him. But every time they rebuked somebody and told them go away, that they didn't know the desire or the heart of the master. That tells us that you can walk near him and not know him. Because if they truly knew him, they would have known that he desired to heal that blind man. If they really knew Jesus, they wouldn't say go away, be quiet. That tells us, oh, you better be careful. Because there are a lot of people that walk near him that don't know him. I don't believe that. Oh, you don't? And many will say unto me on that day, Lord, Lord, in your name we cast out devil. We heal the sick. We raise the dead. And he will say unto them, depart from me. I said, oh, depart from me, you doers of iniquity. I never knew. God's doing a work in this church. But it does us no good to have 500 members when only five people truly know him. What good is it if the church has a million dollars in the bank and we buy property and build a fancy building? Then nada sirve if this place isn't a hospital for the sick and the hurting. Then nada sirve. Our money doesn't matter. Our programs don't matter. If this place turns into anything more than what it's called and designed to be. And that's a place for the hurting, the broken, and all those who need to meet a man by the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah if you're in the house. God help us that we not be deterrents. I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen before. People want to come to Jesus, but we keep them at bay. And the Spirit of the Lord said, oh, no, you must not ever become a deterrent. Lord, help us. Somebody shout, Lord, help us. I know I'm not alone. Somebody raise your right hand with your pastor and shout, Lord, help us. You, we have to help, not hinder. Touch your neighbor and tell him, help, don't hinder. Secondly, I want us to consider the desire of the Messiah. First, we consider the disposition of the disciples. Now, secondly, let's consider the desire of the Messiah. Look at verse 14. Are you in the house? Shout hallelujah. I got 10 of y'all left. Ready? Read. Verse 14. I'm sorry. I'm going fast. Ready? Read. But when Jesus saw it, what? Oh, 
we only have 20 people reading. Let's have, let, come on, let's get 120. Ready, read. But when Jesus saw it, he was, and he said to them, what did he say? Uh-huh. The separation, listen, the separation of the children from the master led to the indignation of the Savior. The Bible says that he became indignant. That means he became angry. And whenever there is separation from the master, there's going to, we are going to provoke the indignation of the master. You missed it. Pastor, what do you mean? There are things that we do, things that we implement in churches that serve one purpose ready they come to separate people from the master and anytime there's separation from the master there's going to be the indignation of the master the bible says that he was indignant when he saw it he was indignant and said to them let the children come to me and here's why here's the desire of the master go to verse 16 because jesus well this is the desire of the master the desire of the master was to bless the desire of the master was to welcome all those who would come to him you have to understand that this is the desire of the lord watch what the desire of the lord is number two the desire of the lord let's be clear the desire somebody shout the desire the desire of the Lord was to do two things. Number one, to welcome all who came to him. You're not hearing me. The desire of Jesus is to welcome all who come to him. You sure? Yeah. Well, how do you know? Because that's what the Bible teaches. Somebody shout, all who come. Y'all don't know how to shout. Somebody shout, all who come. Give me Bible, Matthew 11. It's up there. It's going to be up there on the screen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me. Some who labor. Come to me. The rich who labor. Come to me the poor who labor. Come to me the brown who labor. Come to me the white who labor. Come to me the salvadoreños that labor. The guatemaltecos that labor. He said, come to me. Ready? All. And let me help you. All in Greek means all. All in Spanish means all. All. He said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and what? And I will give you rest. And if that isn't another, give me the next text. Watch it now. Because it is the will of God. Watch it. It was the will of the Lord. This is the desire of the Lord that all who come to him. No, you're going too far. That all would come to him would find rest. And not only that. Not only that they would find rest, but John chapter 7 verse 37 says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come and let him drink. Somebody shout, anyone. anyone. That's you. Touch your neighbor and tell them, that's you. I'm an anyone. John 6, 44. Now understand this. Why does Jesus welcome all? Because he knows that if they come to him, then they, that they were drawn by the Father. Give me your eyeballs for the next five minutes. Why does Jesus welcome all? Because he knows that if they go to him, they have been drawn by the Father. John 6, 44. This is why Jesus welcomes everybody who comes. Why, preacher? Because if they're coming to him, that means that the Father drew them. Whew. Let's talk about it. Ready? John 6, 44. What does it say? Help me, preacher. No. Wait. Help me, preacher. 
No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. That's so nice. You got to read it twice. <laughs> no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's talk to all the people that thought that, thought that you woke up one day and just had a yearning for God on your own. Pastor, praise the Lord. I woke up feeling spiritual. Muy espiritual ahora me siento. Me desperté con ganas de alabarlo. I've heard people say, I woke up with the desire to praise Jesus today. What about tomorrow? Pastor, it was, I just decided just to come now. I was just, no, no, you didn't decide to come. The Father drew you. You can't come to him unless the Father draw you. Oh, you, that, that ought to be reason to be like, my God, you mean to tell me that he loved me enough to draw me? You have to hear what I'm about to tell you right now. Don't you ever question that God loves you with an everlasting, unconditional love? Here's why. Because even when you didn't think about him, when your mind wasn't on him, when your heart wasn't on him, when you had no desire to follow him, he drew you unto himself. Why in the world are you in a Pentecostal church on a Wednesday night sitting shoulder to shoulder with somebody you don't even know? here's why because the father loves you and he's drawing you to himself somebody ought to get excited and shout hallelujah because he drew you the most righteous and holy amongst us guess what not even they can take credit for following Jesus guess what he drew you unto himself Well, no, 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 we got a problem. I disagree. I came. I surrendered. Did you? Did Lazarus call himself out of that tomb? The Bible, I don't know why I'm on this bunny trail. I got to go, close. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. When do you get to take credit for your salvation? Whenever you figure out how a dead man brings himself back to life. What are you telling me? I'm telling you that he called you. He drew you unto himself. And he quickened you. That's a key James word for he breathed life into your dead body. Took out a, I feel the Holy Ghost, took out a heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh that feels. These old songs come to me while I'm preaching. I'm out of time, but these old songs, they come to me. I don't ever think about new songs. It's always old songs. Don't judge me. I remember hearing this song. Born again, there's really been a change in me. Y'all don't know it. You're looking at me like, oh, please don't sing, preacher. Yeah, I can. I got the mic. You going to take it away? Born again, just like Jesus said. I wish my mama was here helping me, Sister Lupe. It goes on to say, born again and all be... Wow, look at him sing that. He's not even embarrassed. You're not embarrassed to sing that junk in your car. Well, she's a brick. 
Oh, you, oh yeah, some, I don't know who that's for. She's a brick. What, what does that have to do with it? No. So if you can sing she's a brick, then I'm going to sing. Pardon me while I sing. Born again and all because of Calvary. I'm glad, so glad that I've been born again. You sing terrible. It ain't for you. Worship is not for you, nor is it about you. Born again. We don't even use that word anymore in church. Now it's about a decision card. Now it's about are you giving? The question should be, have you been born again? Has venido a conocer al Mesías. Have you been born again? He told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Born again. There's really been a change in me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again and all because of Calvary. I'm glad, so glad that I've been born again. And then from there, we'd go Pentecostal and say, I got Jesus on the inside. Working on, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Working on the outside. Bringing about a change in my life. Let's stop because we're going to have church. Jesus' desire is to welcome. Put it up there. A, all who come. Somebody shout, all who come. I need you to shout this because you are one of those people. Somebody shout, all who come. He welcomed you. If he welcomed you and you know he welcomed you into the family of God, lift your hand and shout glory to Jesus. If you know that he welcomed you with arms wide open, you ought to lift your hand, take a moment and say, God, I'm glad that I was one that was lost, but you welcomed me into the fold. I wish somebody would help me give God praise right about now. God, I was lost and wondering. I was without a shepherd. I had no purpose or no life on the inside, but you saved me. I was born again. You gave me a purpose. You set my feet on a solid rock to stand and now I can Say hallelujah that I'm part of the family of God. Lift your hand and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He welcomes all. B, not only does he welcome all, but secondly, his desire is to bless all who came to him. i got to close now. His desire is to bless. Are there any blessed people at Abundant Life Church? Somebody shout, I'm blessed. His desire is to bless all who came to him. Watch what the word of God says. Verse 16. Give me the text. And he took them. He took the children. Watch this, Sister Lupe. He took the children in his arms. Like he takes us in his arms. He took the children in his arms. Ready? And he began blessing them. Laying his hands. The word bless. Watch it is the word ulegeo. And the word eulageo, watch it, what it means. You should have it there. It means to invoke blessings. It means to consecrate a thing with solemn prayer. It means to cause, to prosper, and it means to make happy. Don't let Pastor Ronan's face fool you. I have people come to this church and they say, the pastor looks grumpy. Help me, Brother Beto. I went to Brother Beto's house for dinner on Monday. And they said, Pastor, you know, we were visiting the church, but you look kind of shy. You didn't really want to. You look like you didn't want to talk to us. Like you didn't really want us there. 
I said, no, my brother, I'm sorry. I love you, man. Don't, don't this the face, brother. Don't, don't, don't let the face fool you. You're welcome here. God, give us some happy saints. I grew up in church when the saints of God were happy. You could see the joy of the Lord on their face. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Pharrell doesn't know about happy. Because I'm happy. No, he don't know. There's a happiness that comes from knowing God and from the blessing of God. Are there any happy saints left at Abundant Life Church? We got 10 of y'all. Are there any, is anybody happy that you know Jesus? I got 20. We're getting a little better. Is there anybody happy that you know Jesus? Is there anybody happy that you know the Lord? Jesus took them and he blessed them. Somebody shout, he blessed them. It's the will of God that you be blessed. He blesses us. He consecrates us. That's what he does. He lays his hands on us. He blesses Ulegeo. That's what Jesus did with those children. He laid his hand on them and he blessed them like he blessed us. We got to close. Thirdly, I want us to consider now not only the desire of the master, but the description of the kingdom. He said the following. The dis- watch it now. He said, for the kingdom of heaven. Give me the text. He said, ver- verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven. Don't, let, don't keep these kids from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Don't keep them from coming. Watch it. Because in these children, in their childlike faith, you see a description of what the kingdom looks like. Give me the points. You have to know this. Because children, let's talk about children. How many have children? Raise your hand. We're almost done. If you are a parent, raise your hand. If you're a parent, don't be ashamed of your kids now. Raise your hand. How many are grandparents? All the little, raise your hand. How many are great-grandparents? All great grand, raise your hand. Great, great, great grandparents. No mas uno, just one. Y'all need to get busy. Let's have some babies up in here. Let's talk about children. Because he said the kingdom consists of those who are of childlike faith. Give me your attention. Childlike faith, not childish faith. You didn't hear me? You didn't hear me? You didn't hear me? Childlike faith is not childish faith. And some of us have been in the church for 40 years and we still have childish faith. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just going to leave that one alone right there. Childlike and childish son dos cosas diferentes. But the kingdom looks like those. It's made up of those who have childlike faith. Let's talk about children. You want to know what children do? Children can receive without trying to make themselves feel worthy. Talking about little ones. Little ones. Have you ever seen a little one say, I'm not worthy of this chocolate milk that you're giving me? Talk to me, parents. No soy digno. I cannot receive these nuggets that you are bestowing upon me now. Why are you laughing, Junior? Come on, you know what it's like. Junior has a two-year-old. I promise you. Brother Andres, help me. Your boy, he's walking now, right? Is he not walking a little bit? Yeah? I promise you. There he is. I promise you. He doesn't feel like he has to work for something that his father gives him. He gets that leche, he gets that bottle, come on now, and he swipes it, and he went straight to the mouth and drinks it, happy. Children receive without trying to make themselves feel worthy. 
Childlike faith. Keep it moving. Next point. Children don't pretend that they don't need it. Mm-hmm. How you doing? I- I- I'm good. You lie. Stop acting like you don't need God's blessing in your life. Stop acting like you don't need him to heal your heart. Stop acting like you don't need his blessing. Ulegeo. Stop acting like you don't want that happiness that you're missing right now. That man ain't going to make you happy. Only God can. Not one amen, but I'm in your neighborhood right now. That woman ain't going to do it for you. Only God can do that. Right. Yes, sir. Only the people that have been there and done that are clapping. Children don't pretend that they don't need God's blessing. No, they receive it. They don't act like they don't need it. No, they get it. They take it. That's how we should be. Childlike faith. Let's keep going. Hallelujah. Because I have two children. They're older now, but they're still my children. Children aren't always humble. Let's be clear. And I need you to say amen to what I'm about to say. Children aren't always humble, and they're all, they aren't always innocent either. The ones with the terrible little kids should have shouted amen to what I just said, Sister Lupe. I wasn't always good. It's all right to be honest. How many, how many, how many of you have some, 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 some I'm going to be nice. How many have some challenging children? I'm being kind. Challenging children. That's what you call them, right? My children are challenging in your heart, what do you want to say? Man, they're bad. <laughs> Children aren't always innocent. Say amen to that. Amen. And they're not always humble either. Amen. And my daughter, Sophia, she's in the youth class now, so I can talk about her. <laughs> she still goes to the store. When we go to the store, she acts like, she acts like I owe her something. <laughs> Dad, I like these shoes. Can you get them for me? How much are they? 189, the devil is a liar. <laughs> She's bold. She acts like I owe her. And when I tell her no, she cops an attitude. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, huh? Y'all, y'all kids are angels at all times. All right, I see what I'm working with. Let me tell you, they're not always humble. And they're not always innocent. But you want to know something about children? They receive Without feeling like they have to earn everything they get. You need to say amen to what I'm telling you. Because your children don't ever feel like, I really need to. No, that they have to be taught. You want to know what your children do? They walk into your refrigerator. I need somebody to testify with your grocery bill of $300 a month. You want to watch it? Thank you, sister. Sister's getting delivered right now. She raised her hand. That's the first time I saw that hand. I'm right there with you. My parents used to have two grocery carts. Look at my dad. He's, He's happy now. Look at my father's face. You see that smile? He didn't have it in 1988. That's why he had hair in 88 as well. What? Still have hair. He kept, the, he kept what he has left because we moved out. <laughs> Pastor Joe, two grocery carts full, not one, two. Niños grandulores, my mom used to call us. Two grocery carts, $400 grocery bills. And it was gone in a week and a half. Por eso estamos como estamos. Diga aleluya, carnal. Aleluya. 
I got to close my children, walk up to my, when they go to, when they come home, I feel the Holy Ghost. When my children come home, you want to know what they do? They walk straight to that refrigerator. I'm not telling you how to parent. If you got to put a lock on yours and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. My children don't ever ask me, Dad, can I please have some milk? They don't ask me, Dad, can I please have some of these lucky charms that you bought? You want to know what they do, George? They go to that cabinet. My God, I wish you'd hear the word of the Lord. I wish you'd hear me by the Holy Ghost. They walk up to that cabinet, get that bowl. They put it on the counter. They get those lucky charms. They pour it till it's overflowing. They get that milk, fill it up with milk. Cheerios falling all over the counter. They get their spoon, sit at that table, and dig in. You want to know why? Because they're in their father's house. And everything that's in their father's house, they have access to. Y'all are messing with me today. I tell you, you're messing with me. Y'all ain't helping me here today. Everything in their father's house, they have access to. If it's in the fridge, it's there. So stop acting and stop trying to earn what God wants to freely give you. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. You don't have to earn it. Come on, you could never deserve it. But that's the manifold grace of a loving Father that you can lift your hands and say, Abba, Father, our Father. Aren't you glad that everything in the Father's house you've been given? Why? Because you're an adopted son and daughter. You ought to lift your hand and thank God tonight that you have the blessing of the Lord over your house, that you have the blessing of the Lord over your children, over your finances, over everything that pertains to you. Why? Because he is your father and he's a good, good father. Somebody shout hallelujah. Clap your hands in this church and give God a praise. You can do better than that abundant life. Are there any blessed people in this assembly? Children receive without trying to make themselves feel worthy. So here's the exhortation. Junior, come, Andres, come. We'll by no means enter the kingdom of God. By what we do or earn. Therefore, come to Jesus with childlike faith and receive the blessing of your Father. Where's Rudy? Where are you? Is he in the restroom getting water? Where's he at? He skipped out when I was about to put him on blast. When I was getting ready to minister, the Lord brought to my remembrance, Pastor Joe, those, those times that we'd go to the grocery store with those two carts. And you want to know something? I never wondered, do my parents have enough to pay for this? Right? Now that I'm a father, I know what it's like to swipe that card in faith. Y'all ain't talking to me up in this church. Now that I'm a father, I know what it's like to swipe that card in faith. Come on, you're just like, mmm, 50-50. I heard somebody there. Thank you. Please go through. Hallelujah. You're having church right there, and the checker's looking at you like, are you praying right now? Yeah. And if there's any hesitation, you're like, uh-oh. But when that receipt starts printing, you're like, oh, praise God. 
One time, there was a time at Walmart that the power went out in the, in the store. I've shared this story before. And my oldest daughter started freaking out because they, they said to everybody, if you don't have cash, you can't pay. Our machines are down. They're out. Cash only. They said throughout the whole store. And I had a basket full of groceries. And I was there with my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter worries about everything. So she went up to me, gave her, and she said, Dad, how are we going to pay? She was literally freaking out in the middle of the store. How are we going to pay for all our stuff, Dad? You don't have, you don't have cash. What are we going to do? When I was little. I never once thought, my dad doesn't have enough to pay for the groceries in the cart. Right? I, that was a, I never thought about that. I didn't know the dent it was making in his wallet. I just trusted. The Lord right now is building faith in your heart. I said, I just trust that my father... This service is for all the kids. I'm not talking about those in the children's ministry. I'm talking about you. This children is for this service is for the children. What do you mean? God's children. Spirit of the Lord brought you here to this assembly tonight for that reason. Say, hey, hi, I'm your father. Let the children come unto me. Let the children come unto me. Children, you're a child of God. Child of God. Child of God. Child. Let the children come unto me. And he takes them in his arms and he blesses them. Come now. The father waits and he's good. And all he wants you to do is trust. I was in my office before service. Spirit of the Lord, I pray for every service. Spirit of the Lord said, watch it. He said, on this altar tonight, I am going to, please hear me. I'm not only going to draw them unto me in my loving kindness, but I'm about to reveal my goodness to them as a father. Because some of you are still trying to earn. You still feel like you're not worthy. I am not worthy. So you don't come to the father and say, Help me, Lord. Bless me now. I need your blessing. No, you can never earn it. You'll never be, you'll never do enough to earn it. That's why it's called grace. What do you do then? You come to him, receive it like a child would. That's it. That's it. Come. Trust and come just like a child would to his father. Bow your head. Father, I thank you for your word. That tonight burdens are about to be lifted in a supernatural way. And on this altar, somebody is about to know for the first time the love of a good father. Somebody's about to be delivered from worry and lack in the name of Jesus. Somebody's about to come to know that you are the God of more than enough, a God who is faithful, a God who loves us and has already provided all that we need. 
tonight we come to you in faith tonight we're going to lay down our worry all our burdens at this altar tonight we're leaving in faith tonight we're leaving in victory in Jesus name everybody stand those that be It's all right, baby. No, yours. My grandpa used to say, when you hear a baby cry, that's the holiest sound you've heard all service. Woo! Come here, Brother D. You led tonight. Come on. Let's finish strong. God bless you for leading us tonight. Somebody needs to hear what I'm about to say. God the Father is nothing like the earthly father that failed you. Get out of my seat. God the Father, our heavenly Father, is not like the Father who abandoned you. God the Father will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you. And he's drawing you unto himself right now. Come and trust him. I know those walls are there. I know you've been hurt. He knows you've been hurt. But tonight those walls are about to come down. And you're about to experience the embrace of a loving father who loves you. Hear me with an everlasting love. Others, number two, others are here and you're afraid. Hey, trust him. Just like when you're a little babe, you, you didn't worry. No, you just received. You trusted that your father had it covered. Hear me, your father's got it covered. Tonight, I'm going to call you out. And I believe this is for a lot of folk here tonight, if not maybe all. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar in one moment to lay your burden down. Your worry, leave it here. Your hurt, leave it here. All your lack, leave it here. And trust the Father. Jesus said tonight, let the children come unto me that he might lay his hand on us and bless us. So tonight, if that's you, you've come with burdens, you've come with worry, you've come with fear, you've come with doubt. He's a good, good father. If that's you and you say, Pastor, that's me, I need to lay it down. When I count to three, I want you to come ready. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't you hesitate. He's a good father. You can't earn it. You can't ever earn it. He wants to give it to you freely. One, two, three. Come. 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 Get out of your chair. Come. Come. Lay it down tonight. He's a good.